0: the road, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. So dream, explore, say yes to life. Be inspired to live life as an exciting adventure of discovery. You are listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, and I'm your host, Mark Sussnow.
1: Hey everybody, this is Mark Sussnell and you are listening to the Inspire Possibility show and every week I invite various individuals that I consider cutting edge thought leaders people who can inspire us to to think bigger, to think out of the box and to think in a way that perhaps we gave up on and you know, I don't know about you but I like to laugh and and I found that having a sense of humor has really served me well in many, many situations. And I remember years ago, there was a, a doctor, Norman Cousins, who basically uh, had a terminal illness. And uh, as the story goes, he locked himself in a, in a hotel room and laughed his way back to health and lived many years after. And so when I received the request from a publicist about Isaac Prilalemski, And I know I'm not saying that name correctly, but that's okay. He'll get to say it the correct way. He's written The Laughing Guides. He's a professor at the University of Miami. And I think that um, he has a lot of wisdom and knowledge that he can share with us. So, so Isaac, um, welcome to the Inspire Possibility Show. And please tell me how to say your name correctly.
2: Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So... Isaac Prilel Tensky Prilel Tensky
1: Right. And, and I understand that um, you were the dean at, the, at one time at the University of Miami?
2: Yes, I was the dean of the School of Education and Human Development for 11 and a half years. And then I became vice provost for institutional culture, which means I have a team of colleagues with whom we work to improve uh, the climate uh, the organizational culture of the university how people work with one another how we get along how we can be more productive
1: mhm and the accent i'm hearing is from argentina is that right
2: well i was born in argentina i lived in israel many years then i moved to canada for another 15 years. Then I moved to Australia. Then I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And from Nashville, Tennessee, I moved to Miami. So I've collected accents uh, along the way.
1: Okay. Miami.
2: So, yeah, I am originally from Argentina, but I have picked up different accents here
1: and there. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that we teach what we want to learn, and, and sometimes, or even taking a weakness, making it into a strength. So I, with that scenario, that, that picture, I would think that at some point in your life, you, you were very, very serious. And something happened where you said, you know what, I need to figure out how to have more joy, more humor in my life. And am I reading that correctly? sensing
2: that correctly yes yes I I decided to be more serious about humor Um, because up until a few years ago uh, I didn't take humor as seriously as I should have Uh, so I used to write um, the occasional speech for a bar mitzvah or an anniversary uh, but I never quite sat down to write humor and like many other skills, a humor writing requires a thought, time, and training. So I invested in writing humor, and I discovered that I I enjoyed it, and I started writing for newspapers here in Miami. And before I knew it, I won an award from the National Newspaper Association about a column I wrote about Miami and to be perfectly honest I received second prize I and I could hear my late mother saying Isaac why didn't you get first prize what's your right.
1: right first prize mom right
2: mom <laughs> yes but I but I, I think it's good enough I'm happy with second with second place uh, for a humor column and That gave birth pretty much to The Laughing Guides. My wife and I, my wife is a co-author in two of the three books. And we share a passion for improving well-being. We're both psychologists, my wife's a counseling psychologist, I'm a community psychologist. And we both share this passion of understanding and helping people improve their well-being in different domains of life in relationships, uh, psychologically, occupationally, physically. Um, so we decided we were going to write these books. So I said, I will write the laughing side of well-being and happiness, and my wife will write mostly the learning side. So the books, the three books, the laughing guides, are organized uh, as follows. First, you get to laugh a little about a topic. You get to laugh about yourself. Once you're in a good mood, you are more ready to learn. And there is a lot of evidence showing that when people are in a happy mood, when they are experiencing fun and joy, they are more open minded to learning things. So we call the motto of our books, it's smarter through laughter. Um, We believe that you can be happier and healthier through laughter. So the books combine a humor approach and a scientific approach to happiness and well-being.
1: Wow, that's a very um, interesting way to do it.
2: Well, we thought that an innovative approach was needed because some of the self-help books that you find Um, are not very funny. Uh, And sometimes they are right down depressing. And we just think that people need more engaging ways uh, to think about serious issues about their lives, like their nutrition, their relationships, their emotional well-being, how people cultivate positive emotions, how people challenge negative thoughts about themselves. These are serious things. At the end of the day, our happiness, our longevity, our health depends on our well-being. Uh, but we needed a new approach, and my wife and I combined resources, and the result were these uh, three books, which people seem to enjoy. Uh, they don't. People don't like sermons, you know. Let like, me
1: ask you uh, a question here. Uh, these the so it's a trilogy. Were yes. they all written? Did it all, was it all released, published at the same time, or was there a sequence?
2: A good question. The first book that came out a couple of years ago is The Laughing Guide to Wellbeing Using um, Humor and Science to Become Happier and Healthier. That gave an introduction to wellbeing. What's happiness? Um, what are the different components of a happy life? I did that by myself, and then my wife and I collaborated on the second book, and the third book, which came together a couple of months ago. The second one is The Laughing Guide to Change, and the third one, The Laughing Guide to a Better Life. So books two and three are about skills that everyone can use, easy, applicable, relevant, and practical skills everyone can use to improve their well-being in different domains of life. We call these domains of life ICOP, interpersonal, community, occupational, physical, psychological, and economic well-being. Our research says that in order to be happy, you really need to invest some energy thought training time in all these six domains of life so books two and three give you handy um, suggestions that if anyone can use to improve their lives in these domains
1: and how do people get these
0: books
2: well in amazon every major bookseller but the easiest way is to go to thelaughingguide.com. Thelaughingguide.com. And that's a website where we introduce the three books and you can just click and it will take you to different bookstores where you can just uh, order them online.
1: I get it. And so and, and your webs and you have the website is thelaughingguide.com?
2: Correct. So that's the website for the books, thelaughingguide.com. And if people are interested in other uh, books and other uh, projects we have done, they can go to ProfessorIsaac.com. ProfessorIsaac.com. So these are two easy-to-remember websites. TheLaughingGuy.com, ProfessorIsaac.com. And people can subscribe to my humor blog if they're interested in reading some of my humor pieces. In ProfessorIsaac.com, I have two blogs. I have a humor blog and a serious blog, where I talk about well-being from a more scientific uh, point of view.
1: But people, so, tell me, like the humor blog, how how long is how long is the humor blog each each blog that you do?
2: Well, it's not very long. Each blog is about the uh, seven hundred words. Uh huh. Um. Because that's what the newspaper's like. So over the years, I've right. published, I don't know, 70, 80 columns, and they're all funny. And once I publish them in the newspaper, then I repost them in the blog. So it's about 700 words, which is the average length for a newspaper article.
1: Right. And, you know, one, one thing I was looking at some questions your, your publicist sent me, and they said to ask you about self-deprecation.
2: Yes. Well, um, I believe that if you are able to show people that you can laugh at yourself, uh, you are giving a good example.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. Basically, you are telling the world, I am not perfect. I am aware that I am not perfect. Right. I am willing to laugh at myself. Right. And I am inviting you to take yourself less seriously too. And once we're able to laugh at ourselves, uh, we lower our defences, which is really important to begin examining your life. If you're all uptight and you are in search of perfection—the perfect body, the perfect image, um, the perfect vocabulary, the perfect literature—you are investing so much in your image that you are really not paying a lot of attention to how you are feeling, how things are going in your life, how you are impacting the life of other people. So it's an invitation to take yourself less seriously and to examine some aspects of your life.
1: Which gets me me thinking about, uh, you know, because to me, the humor, I do think of humor as being less serious. Yet you mentioned before that you became serious about humor and, and yes. trying to reconcile the two, the two concepts.
2: Wait, well, you know, a, a little bit tongue in cheek, but uh, by serious, I meant you have to dedicate the time and the thought to anything you want to develop. You know, you don't run a marathon by waking up one day and saying tomorrow, I'm br- I'm, you know, I'm running a marathon. You don't become a famous violinist by waking up one day and saying, next week I'm playing in an orchestra. Right. Uh, you have to dedicate time. Right. You have to set aside time, you have to have a plan of action. Right. You have to educate yourself. You have to learn who are the greatest, great humorists. What can you learn from them? Um, and comedy is hard. Um You know, this is what all comedians will tell you, that they work extremely hard on their scripts. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld once said that he can obsess about one phrase for weeks until he gets it right. Uh, Another comedian said, "Dying is easy, comedy is hard." So, right. uh, But but once you dedicate the time, it's like anything else. You want to study French. You want to study Spanish. You want to ride a bike. You want to improve your golf. You need time and a plan of action. So that's what right. I did about my humor.
1: I mean, I always think about, you know, the serious thing of, of like, you know, people say, hey, cut yourself some slack, lighten up. And, and uh, I, I kind of think it in those terms. And and the thing, you know, with a serious, uh, like I say, the for some reason I have a little... I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm serious. I think maybe a word that work better for me and I'm going to throw that out there. And you were saying about, you got serious about humor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, to me, what I think would be more in sync would be you were committed to understanding humor.
2: Right. And producing, you know, yeah. understanding and producing humor. So yeah. Yeah. nothing replaces the long hours in front of the screen. Uh, Trying to create something that's
1: funny, right?
2: So, so there is a process to that. People often ask me, "Well, you know, like, where where do these things come from?" And you begin brainstorming, and you begin basically humor is a lot about the lack of logic uh, and creating a story with a very unexpected ending. Uh huh. And the way to do that, if you look, for example, at the New Yorker cartoons which are incredibly smart. Uh, It's all about the disconnect between one part of the story and the other part of the story, you know, between the text and the image. Um, And once you study humor, you, you begin to experiment with different ways and eventually it comes out you know i 'm not saying that any everybody can write humor, just like not everyone is cut out to play the piano. Uh, but what i 'm saying is that it, it's empowering to know that with effort and dedication and commitment, as you're saying, most of us can get better at all, almost anything, including humor.
1: so what about? this idea that there are times in our lives when, you know, we, we don't laugh. How do we, I mean, it, it's, or somebody says a joke and sometimes we think it's funny. Sometimes we don't. And how do we, how do we change our mood so that we're, I mean, cause I think with humor, what it does, it brings a lightness. And, and yeah. you know, sometimes we're not ready. We're not open to that lightness. And, and yes. you're a psychologist. And I'm wondering if you could, kind of talk about this idea like how do you you know how do you how do you get people to change their mood so they're more receptive right that's a good point so humor
2: is only one instrument to improve your mood Um, and actually i would be the last person to try to push laughter or humor onto somebody else who's not in the mood um, because you have to be receptive uh, to laughter. Uh, and this is where the other domains of well-being come in. For example, um, to be in the mood, to be ready to enjoy life, comedy, theater, music, a company, friendship, there are a few things that can get you ready to experience those things. So there is quite a bit of science about gratitude. Acknowledging what's going well in your life. What are the blessings that we all have? Building on our own strengths. What are we good at? Acknowledging strengths in the people we love, not just focusing on their deficits, but um, this is all part of savoring life and focusing on what's going well, what are the good experiences I have had in life, um, expressing gratitude for these things, and savoring. What have I done right in life? What have you done right? Like, uh, what, what, what's there to celebrate? We call this cultivating positive emotions. Um, but it's also important to cope with negative emotions. And some people do a better job at coping with negative emotions than others. Men, for example, they often try to suppress their negative emotions because they feel they shouldn't show weakness. So they try to suppress uh, sadness, disappointment, anger, they're trying to show always a facade of being strong and macho, that's not very healthy. That is simply trying to pretend that we're not experiencing a wide range of emotions. So a good way to cope with emotions is first of all acknowledging that there is a wide spectrum of emotions that we all have and just accepting that. That's number one, accepting, being aware, naming our emotions uh, and being able to tell other people how we're feeling um, in a non-judgmental, non-aggressive way, um, just because I'm frustrated it doesn't give me permission to lash out at other people. So basically, we're talking about emotional literacy knowing how I feel, knowing how I can express negative and positive emotions, and always doing the best we can to cultivate the positive and cope well with the negative. And if you ask me, Isaac, what's the one thing you would recommend to improve your mood, I would say improve the relationships with people who are close to you become a better listener, ask open-ended questions of the people you love, don't be judgmental, show appreciation. These are some of the key elements of creating readiness for humor.
1: So I got a question for you. I was just thinking about, you were talking about, you know, before we're talking about laughing at yourself. Yes. I'm going to ask you uh, this question then what is like one of the most embarrassing I guess, situations where you just started laughing at yourself for you?
2: Yeah. Well, that's, um, you know, I'm sure your listeners are, are, are thinking like this guy has a really funny voice, you know, and I do. Right. I have a, I have a something between a girly voice and a funny voice. I don't know, but uh,
1: I could see, I could see that. I could see you, yeah, I could see you doing stand up with that voice.
2: Well, I do, I do, and you know that's I I, so I tell people you know that's one of my traumatic experiences uh, having to grow up with a girly voice. And every time I call somebody who doesn't know know me, they says, "Hello, ma'am. How can I help you, missus?" And mm-hmm. it's it's partly embarrassing, but it it it's part of the course, you know. Like that's who I am. So I I just learned to 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 be okay with having a girly voice you know and and people confusing me with women on the phone all the time absolutely all the time
1: right and and so I I I I, I like to really you know ask the or my guests like a, a a kind of a revealing question or or sometimes yeah. I say you know what inspires you but i but i think for you your message really is to is for people to i would think um to not take themselves so seriously and to kind of you know to you know to to accept and to see the humor in these moments that perhaps we might consider embarrassing
2: absolutely you know um i tell people that with my big ears and my girly voice—I like, have a lot of imperfections to contend with—and I—I tell people that uh, even before I was born, I was insecure. You know, um, you know, I'm Jewish, so before I was born, I—I I was already worried about circumcision. You know, right. and and once I was born, I was also feeling guilty for crying during the procedure.
1: Right. So,
2: so. It, it's always important to look at the at the funny side of who you are and and what makes you unique. And it's not that I don't like myself. I have a pretty good sense of self esteem and you know self worth. Uh, but um, it it does definitely help to look at yourself through a
1: through a comic mirror. Right. So we're going to wrap up here. And so I understand that if any of the listeners ever get to the Miami and call you up at the university, you'll take them to dinner. Did I hear that right?
2: Uh, it, it, on your expense yes i'm very <laughs> glad mark I'm very glad that you gave me your credit card number <laughs> so uh, yes, everyone who comes to miami, mark is sponsoring dinners with isaac, and there are very some very expensive restaurants here that I would like to to honor our guests uh, with
1: you know it's interesting uh since you're in Miami. There there's a writer, I there's there's a comedy a writer who I love. I've read I guess Carl hyacin I've read most of his books. Yes,
2: he's amazing. Yeah. And there is
1: another one, um, Dave Barry. Oh, Dave Barry. I you know, he I read Dave Barry's book about um about these guys were Go on having a bachelor party it was an insane island or some a bachelor party in Miami was what I read it twice.
2: Yeah, no. Look, Dave Barry is one of my heroes. Yeah. If I, if I could ever write humor like Dave Barry, I I, I wouldn't stop laughing. You know. Yeah. I mean, he's just a, a treasure, a, of South Florida, and once I attended the a show by Dave Berry and Carl Hyacinth. So you can imagine what that was. Oh, my God. Yeah, so these two guys are just awesome. And they have a tremendous sense of humor. And I share with them their satirical take on all the craziness that goes on here in Miami. You know, Miami is the only city in the world that runs without the prefrontal cortex you know did you ever know that mark people here do not have the prefrontal cortex so people here have only half of their brains especially when they're driving.
1: yeah this was um kind of a wild book uh i i I think it was insane maybe it was called insane city yeah
2: yeah yeah absolutely
1: we're going to have to sign off here and okay. um, thanks for being the guests, our guests here on the aspire possibility show and to everybody, you can uh, get the laughing guides on Amazon or any of your local booksellers. Yes. And uh, you can also contact Isaac at professor uh, com or laughingguide.com. com. And uh, next week we're going to have another amazing person. Bless us. And and in, in the meanwhile, journey on. Thank you all so much. Goodbye. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you feel inspired to take the next step in your life. And if you haven't already, please take the time to visit my website at inspirepossibility.com and discover the various services and products we offer that could just very well change your life.